In this same anointing, I'm going to ask Landon to come on up, and you guys can have a seat. I don't even want to break this atmosphere. Landon is, this is my brother, he's one of our board members of the church who gives us counsel when we need it and prays for us constantly, and uh, it's an honor to be able to have him here with us, and it's an honor for you guys to be able to have him as since they launched Mercy Culture, uh, he's not traveling because he's focused on building that church in Fort Worth. And um, he's only preaching at two churches this year, and they're both on this trip. Today here twice, and at Generations Church with Pastor Rich, which you guys have met before. He's been here before. And um, it's a privilege and an honor to be able to receive what God has for him. Plug into God this morning. As a matter of fact, I'm going to challenge you. Not even going to challenge you. I'm going to tell you. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. And let God minister to you this morning. And if you tell me, well, if I'm on Do Not Disturb, it doesn't let me read my Bible, buy yourself a Bible. If you don't own one and can't afford one, let me know. I will give you one so that you can use a hard copy of a Bible. Because the devil who distracts, and this year has been a year of distraction, will try to distract from what God wants to do. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. Can we give our worship team a hand? What? I think that was the best worship I've ever been a part of at 3W Church. Thank you, ministers, for serving. Appreciate you guys. If you've never heard me minister before, can I see your hand if you've never heard me? Only a few people. Awesome. Awesome. Good to meet you. My name is Landon. I pastor a church in Fort Worth, Texas called Mercy Culture. Uh, my wife and I minister there together. Uh, we've been married, it's 15 years, it'll be 16 in July. Uh, and so my church family and family greets you from Fort Worth. I've known Pastor David and Patty for 19 years now. We met uh, when I was 18 years old on my very first preaching engagement here uh, to Miami. And we've been friends for years now. And just, it's been awesome to uh, be on this journey of life together. Um, Pastor David's right. I'm not traveling and preaching anymore. I did that as a, uh, traveled as evangelist full time for 10 years and I don't travel anymore. My focus and my attention is in Fort Worth. We're building, uh, God's building something that's amazing. We're just stewarding it. And I want to give my, my full attention to it. And so the only place I'm going this year is an assignment or covenant. And uh, I have a covenant friendship with uh, David and Patty Perez. And so I'm here this morning because of covenant. Excited to minister. I do want to say to this church, thank you. Uh, if you are unaware, uh, 3W Church sowed into Mercy Culture before we launched our church. Uh, and they sowed very significantly and generously. And so we were able to uh, do some pretty amazing things because of the resources that God brought in. And part of that was due to your generosity. One of the cool things is uh, since COVID started, we have done 73 million meals to our community. From what I understand, we're the largest food distributor in Fort Worth. Uh, and 
You're, you guys were a part of that. Your generosity was a part of that. So, so many cool, amazing miracles and testimonies that have taken place. Uh, and I have one of my best friends with me, uh, Pastor Les Cody is in the back there. He's going to be planting Mercy Culture Waco on Easter of 2022. And I've known him for over 15 years as well. So, uh, Les, I'm glad you're here with me. Make sure you get to say hello to him before you go. I got a word for you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 30. Genesis 30, and we're going to begin in verse 25. Genesis, first book of the Bible, beginning in verse 25. It says this, As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own home country. Let me pass through all of your flocks today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep, every black lamb, and every spotted and speckled among the goats, and they will be my wages. Verse 34, Laban said, good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted, and all of the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it, and every lamb that was black. And he put it in charge of his sons, and he sent it a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob. And Jacob pastured the rest of Laban's flock. Verse 37. Then Jacob took fresh sticks of poplar and almond plane trees, and he peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the sticks. He set the sticks, and he peeled them in front of the flocks in the trough, that it was the watering places, someone say watering places, where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred where they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the sticks. So the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted sheep. I came to tell you this morning, you supernaturally grow through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The title of this message is Supernatural Personal Growth. Let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We say have your way. This morning we're not making room for you. We're giving you the entire room. Lord, I thank you that your word is true and that every man's a liar. Lord, I pray today, God, I pray that you would speak through your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to understand what your spirit is saying. Holy Spirit, we say, come and have your way. We declare no spirit, but the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. We say, spirit of fear, you must go. Take your friend's anxiety. Take your friend uh, oppression. We declare right now, there's no spirit but you, Holy Spirit, that's welcome here. So, Holy Spirit, we say, have your way in this place. Father, I thank you. No one came to hear me. We all came to hear you. So, we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Teach us about your supernatural. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said amen Amen. and amen. My definition of the supernatural is that which is beyond your ability. The supernatural is that which is beyond your ability. The Lord spoke to me and gave me a prophetic word over my life in my house, my church. And I came to this morning to give you this gift of this prophetic word. And that is this, that this is the year of the supernatural. 
I want to take a moment and make sure that we're on the same page. When we hear the word prophetic, a lot of people get confused or nervous. A prophetic word is not a guarantee. A prophetic word is an invitation to align yourself with the perfect will of God. But a lot of people don't steward prophetic words. So things happen like this, where some prophetic word will come and be brought, and then people stand back and cross their arms and just say, well, I'm going to see if this comes to pass. If you don't steward prophetic words and you don't partner with them, a lot of them won't come to pass. You'll judge other people about being a false prophet and you will miss out on what God wants to do because you don't partner with the perfect will of God. God is looking to partner with his people. Let's be clear. God can do anything on his own without you. He just spoke and the world was created. He doesn't need you but he partners with you. He invites you to come into relationship and partner with his perfect will. Now here's the thing, is God doesn't partner with your perfect will, he partners with his perfect will. And what a lot of people do is you come up with an idea in the natural, then you ask God to partner with it, and then you can't figure out why it didn't happen. Because that wasn't the supernatural, that was the natural that you asked God to partner with. A lot of people don't experience the supernatural because you see God through your natural lens. And because you can't figure out how it would happen, you abandon it and say it can't happen and you live in the natural rather than partnering with the spirit in the supernatural. We hear silly things all the time at Christians and they say stuff like, well, I don't want to be over spiritual. Really? So you wanna be under spiritual or do you just wanna be carnal? So let me get this straight. You believe as a Christian that Jesus was impregnated by the Holy Spirit to a virgin girl that never had intercourse. He was born by the power of the Holy Spirit. He lived for 33 years on the earth, sinless. He died on the cross, surrendered himself to, 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 to die on the cross for us, was buried for three days, conquered hell, rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and one day is coming back. But you don't want to be over spiritual? Help me understand that for a second. Really what you mean is, is you live in the realm of the natural and you don't participate in the supernatural. Why does our faith stop at salvation? Help me understand. You believe that? No, for real. Just think about that. Just think about for a second what you believe. You believe that, but you don't believe God can heal you? You believe that, but you don't think God could provide for you in a pandemic? You believe that, but you live in a spirit of fear? You believe that, but you don't know about signs, wonders, and miracles? Come on, church. The church has remained in the natural rather than come into the invitation of the supernatural. What is the supernatural? The supernatural is what defies natural laws. The supernatural is what you cannot do by yourself. The supernatural is when no one can take the credit for it because it's too big. The supernatural is when it scares you because it can only be God. The supernatural, it requires faith. Listen, if you could do it in the natural, it's not supernatural. So what majority of us do is God speaks to us and then what we do is we try to figure out in the natural how we can do it and accomplish it and then we determine if we're going to partner with God. But that requires no faith. 
The supernatural is when God tells you to do something that's so big, that's so scary, that's impossible, it makes you so nervous because you're like, how is this possible? How am I going to do this? That is what the supernatural feels like. The Lord spoke to me and said this was the year of the supernatural. Three years ago, I was in this little upper room. I go there to pray multiple times a year. I wrote my book, Gay Awareness, there. It's this little prayer room in Washington. It's, it's probably half the size of this stage, this little, upper, little bitty upper room we call the upper room. And we went to go pray there. It was three years ago, and it was our elders' retreat. We went to go pray. And we were praying about Mercy Culture Church. And while we were there on the elders' retreat praying, I had an open vision. And if you're unfamiliar what a vision is, it sounds like a spiritual word, but a vision is just a daydream that God gives. A lot of people don't realize that God speaks in daydreams. They're visions. So he shows me this daydream or this vision. And in this vision, one of our elders, his name is uh, Steve Panate. And Steve is one of the top Hispanic realtors in America. He owns his own brokerage and he's one of our elders and pastors at Mercy Culture. And I have this daydream vision. And in this vision, he's downtown Fort Worth at the Fort Worth Convention Center. And he's surrounded by all of these signs. And as the camera zooms out, at first I thought they were political signs, but they weren't political signs. As the camera zoomed out in the vision, they were, uh, they were uh, a, a sign, uh, what were they called? Political signs. And he was running for mayor of Fort Worth in this vision. So for the past three years, we were planning on that he would begin to slowly introduce himself into politics. He would work with the current mayor. And our plan was in three years, he was going to run. <coughs> Don't worry, that's not a COVID cough. That's an itch in my throat. <coughs> so was that one. So the first Sunday of January, I preach on the supernatural. One day later on Monday, the mayor of Fort Worth, who's run seven times in a row, announces that she is not seeking re-election to everyone's surprise. No one was ready. No, no candidate was ready. There was no preparation stage. And Pastor Steve calls me and he says, what do you think? I said, I think it wasn't our plan. He said, I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. I said that it sounds like it's the supernatural. How are we going to do this? He has no credibility in politics. I said, Steve, the only thing we have to do is obey. The only thing we have to do is have faith. It's our job just to throw rocks. It's God's job to let them land in giants' heads. He said, would you pray? I said, of course I'll pray. So I prayed the next day. Four o'clock in the afternoon, went to the sanctuary. I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell him to run. So I was waiting because I wanted Steve to hear God for himself. So Steve goes and prays. That day, he picks up a five-year-old little boy, one of our employee's sons. Little five-year-old little boy. His name is Landon. His dad named him after me. When I dedicated him to the Lord, I prophesied over him the same prophetic anointing that I walk in, he would walk in. This five-year-old little boy, he picks him up after school and he's driving home. It's dead silent in the car. They're driving downtown Fort Worth on the way home. As they're driving downtown Fort Worth, this five-year-old little boy says out loud, hey, who's the mayor in this city? Are you the mayor? Steve just begins to weep in the car driving. He said he felt the presence of God just come in the room. Out of the mouth of babes, God will speak. 
I'm reminded that we moved to Texas because my two-year-old said, I want my house here, and I felt my spirit leap. God is using children in our community to prophesy. He said, I don't know about kids prophesying. Well, Acts 2 does, because Acts says, in the last days, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Yes. Hear this. It is the supernatural. Now he's sitting down with billionaires in the city. So much favor, it's ridiculous. The election is in May. Is he going to win? His only job is to obey God and run. Hear this. It's impossible in the natural, but we are stepping into a season of the supernatural where things that are impossible by in our flesh, things that we don't have the ability to do. I believe the Lord is inviting you into the supernatural. And it's a place. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Got goosebumps right now. I said, do you know, do you know when, when you get goosebumps in the presence of God, it, because, it means because his presence is there? His presence is there. When I, when I was uh, launching Mercy Culture Church, I was, we were in, uh, in my house, and there's about 30 people in, in, in my house. And Pastor Jasmine, our worship leader, was leading us into worship. And all of a sudden, I got goosebumps. And when I got goosebumps, I had a vision. And the vision was we are going from the holy place to the holy of holies. And when we are walking past the threshold of the holy holies, the torn curtain that Jesus tore when he died on the cross, that torn curtain rubbed against my skin and gave me goosebumps. When you get goosebumps in the presence of God, you're entering into the holy of holies where the tangible presence of God is there. You are being invited into a place to partner in the supernatural. You're being in a place, watch, you're being invited, hear this, to fear God more than COVID. You're being invited. It's good to see smiling faces. You're being invited into a place where you have a greater fear of the Lord than anything else. See, David feared God more than he feared a giant. I'm not saying don't use wisdom, folks. I'm saying don't hide behind wisdom and it's really fear. You're being invited into a place of faith. We need more faith now than ever before. Let me ask you this question. If, if COVID wipes you out spiritually, what are you going to do when the Antichrist comes in the mark of the beast? When you can't buy, sell, or trade without the mark? What are you going to do then? I believe that this whole pandemic of fear was a test run to see the strength of the church. And you know what? It is exposed. What is it exposed? It is exposed that we fear everything more than God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Again, I'm not saying we don't use wisdom. We, we don't let our kids play in the dirt and then put it in their mouth. It's dirty. When we go into public restrooms, you know, we flush the toilet with our feet and open the doors. And, you know, we're like Kung Fu Panda all the way through. One of the proudest moments of my life was when my two-year-old used a public restroom and then flushed it with her foot. I'm like, babe, way to go. Why? Because it's a public restroom. I'm not saying we don't use wisdom. What I am saying is if this has kept you out of church for the last year, the spirit of fear is involved in your life. I'm talking to you online campus. You're missing out. They told me that 50 to 75% of the church has not come back. That is a spirit of fear. 
say, Landon, that's pretty mean. That's okay. Don't invite me back. I don't travel anymore anyway. Well, have you not gone to the grocery store in the last year? I'm just going to stop and preach the online campus for a second. Have you not gone to the grocery store? Have you not gone to the park? It's amazing that people, you, you have to socially distance everywhere you go. I sat on an airplane yesterday, two inches from everybody. Come on, somebody. It's ridiculous. Apparently COVID only works when you're standing up at restaurants, but not when you're sitting down at restaurants. And the greatest fear is that you're in your car and you're gonna give it to yourself in your car. Come on. This whole thing, I'm going to love my neighbor by putting on a mask, hiding in my house and never coming out. As my neighbor stays not knowing Jesus and will go to hell if someone doesn't reach them. I thought we called this worship without walls. Do you see how this works? Then it gets me stuck in the natural. How do I be safe? How do I live my life and, 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 and all, do all these things that we've abandoned the supernatural? What are we going to do when the Antichrist comes? That's a legitimate question I am asking. Now the church is just waiting around for a stimulus check just so we can go by. That is not a place of faith. What if you lost your job? God, God will give you a better job. You're a tither. What if you get sick? He will heal you. Amen. Listen to me. The presence of God, the supernatural, is a place of faith that you're not participating in an economy of fear. But you're participating in a supernatural economy of faith. Mercy culture has quadrupled in a pandemic. Quadrupled. We don't have enough parking spots left. We have to go to a third service and I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't preach three times in a row every Sunday. I will do it once a year in Miami and that's it. <laughs> it, it we, 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 we're out of room in children's ministry. I mean, we, we've grown out of this new massive building that we've had in one year. Do you know why? Because we're not participating in, in fear. Yes. We're participating in the economy of faith. You know what I told my church? I said, you're going to thrive, not survive. That's what the Lord told me. COVID started and the Lord said, what's in your hand? What can you give me that I can bless? He said, it's a season to spiritually invest. Our church gave away over $100,000 to other ministries last year. We were looking for peace people and places to invest into. Do you know why? Because it's a season of the supernatural. It's a season where you put all that you have in God's hand. He blesses it and he takes that loaves and fish and turns it into 12 baskets left over after everybody's been fed. Listen, we are participating in a different economy and it's an economy of faith. So that might be mean that you can't buy, sell or trade or travel without a mark of a beast. But that's that's okay because you go to your fridge and in Jesus name you open it and there's provision there or God brings manna from heaven again the daily bread or quail from heaven again or you talk to rocks and water comes out or you throw your nets to the other side and catch so much that you haven't had before what if you got let go from your job and started a new business of your own and it exploded I'm telling you we are not living in fear 
We are people of faith. And our faith does not stop at salvation. It starts at salvation. The supernatural is when it's too big, it's impossible without God. I have a prophetic word for you this morning. Please write this down. Your plans are too small. Your plans are too small. If your plan is to pay off your house and go on a few vacations, you are not participating in, your, in the supernatural. If your plans are only about you, if you are the main lead character in your dream, it is not a supernatural dream. If what you dream about is you, yourself and I and your family, that's not supernatural. Supernatural is how are we gonna shake cities? Supernatural is how are we gonna empty hospitals? Supernatural is how are we going to overturn abortion? Supernatural is how are we going to adopt all these babies? Supernatural is how are we going to set millions of, of uh, traffic victims of human trafficking free? Supernatural is how are we going to see Miami turn its heart back to God? Supernatural is God, what do you want to do in this city? Supernatural is it's so big, it can't be done in the natural. It has to be a miracle. That is the place of faith that God is called his people back into. Yes. Hear this. It's Ephesians 3.20. It's Ephesians 3.20. What's Ephesians 3.20? Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond whatever you can ask or think. I'm going to say it again. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond whatever you can ask or think. I'm going to say it again. To do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you could ever ask or think. If you are praying over God just meeting your needs, that is the life of the natural. It's not the life of the supernatural. I don't want, to hear, I don't want anyone to feel bad, but I came to shake your faith. I don't want to get on airplanes. I don't want to leave Fort Worth. I love what God's doing. I came here because my friend asked me to come. And if I'm going to come, it needs to be worth it. That your faith needs to expand. Well, Miami's different. I don't care if Miami's different. You should not be living in Miami's economy. You should be living in a kingdom economy. But, it, it, you, know, you know, Landon, that's not, in Texas, you know, things are just different. No, 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 they're not. In my life, they're different. And in your life, they should be different. What I'm telling you, I'm trying to by faith partner with you and pull you out of a place of natural thinking, trying to connect the dots. Exceedingly, keep it up there. Abundantly, watch. More, far more than you can ask or think. Let's break that down. You know what it means when you can't ask or think of it? It means that you don't have the ability to comprehend all that God wants to do. But most people stop. And when God starts speaking them to do exceedingly abundantly, they stop and tell God no. God, how's that going to happen? I don't know how that's going to I can't do that. What do you mean I'm supposed to raise this millions of dollars? What do you mean we're supposed to do all this ministry to all these people? What do you mean that we're supposed to? How's that going to happen? And you respond like Zechariah. Remember Zechariah? 
He was the father of Elizabeth, or excuse me, the husband of Elizabeth, the father of John the Baptist, where an angel walks into his, his church and says, hey, your wife is going to give birth to a son in her old age. He's going to be John the Baptist. He starts giving him this prophetic word, mind you. An angel walks into the church and gives him a prophetic word, and he starts arguing with an angel on how that's possible in the natural. Now, if this pastor is doing it to an angel, what is the average Christian doing it with their pastor? If I get up here and start preaching and then you're sitting there thinking in your head, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's cute. That's not possible. Oh, you don't know my circumstance. Well, let me tell you about Elizabeth's circumstance. She was too old to give birth. She was 90 years old. She's too old. It's not possible. He's like, she's barren. She has... Woman issues. This isn't going to happen. We've already been down this road. In the natural, I can't figure it out, but God said. Church, you have the opportunity to partner in faith or to reject in faith. Here's what I say to people I disciple all the time. Do you want to grow fast or slow? Do you spiritually want to grow fast or slow? So I'm asking you, do you want to grow fast or slow? Typically, no one says slow. You know how you grow fast? Be quicker in obedience. I found a lot of people, God speaks to them, and as soon as God speaks to them, they throw a tantrum. I have this new rule with my kids. I negotiate with them before we get to somewhere how they're going to behave when we leave. We're going over to your cousin's house. We're going over to the Cody's house. Before I let you out of the car, you're going to agree to me that when I say it's time to go, there's no tears, there's no fits, you're not throwing yourself on the floor, and if you do not respond good, we are never coming back. Are we in agreement? Yes, Dad, yes, Dad, yes, Dad, yes, Dad. Because typically we go somewhere and then it's time to go, hey guys, we've been here for six hours, it's time to go, no, we can't go. It's like no one takes pictures when they're leaving the park. You got a little baby, right? You take pictures when you're going to the park. We're all a family. We're here at the park. This is wonderful. Going down the slide. Then you're like, it's time to go. They're like, no. I am legion. We are many. <laughs> like, I'm a grown man. How come I can't put a two-year-old back into a stroller? <laughs> this is how Christians act when God speaks to them. You're like, Lord, I want to be a part of the supernatural. And then he's like, I want you to give this money away. You're like, no, we're in a pandemic. I want to buy a boat. This is how we respond. God says, I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to give this away. I want you to say this to this person. And you say no, and you fight God the whole time when you ask him to bring you into the supernatural. Stop trying to figure out why God is asking you to do things. It doesn't make sense to talk to dumb rocks. But God knows that water is about to come out in the moment you obey. But you're trying to ask God, tell, well, tell me why you want me to obey. And tell me how come first. And what are you going to do? And if I go and talk to and if I give this, and if I do that, and if I step out in faith, and if I, what are you going to do? That's not how faith works. 
You want a complete explanation of God's master plan when he's trying to just get you into a place of faith. You're being invited into a season of the supernatural. Exceedingly, abundantly, above. Watch this. According to his power. You, you notice I didn't say, you know scripture did not say your power? Exceedingly abundantly beyond what you have the ability to do on your best day. That's not what scripture is saying. You don't have the power. See, see, for some reason it's so challenging because God tells us to do things. God puts these dreams in us that scare us. He puts these thoughts, he puts these ideas that are so big, that are so massive. And then we sit there and we try to rationally figure out how it's possible. I had a guy come to me this week. He said, Pastor, I need to tell you something. I'm like, tell me. He's like, it's a little scary. I said, sounds like the supernatural. He's like, okay. But this thought came to me. And I don't know if it's God. And I said, okay, tell me about the thought. What were you doing? Well, I was praying in tongues. Okay, good start. Where were you? I was on the Trinity Trail. I was on my prayer time doing my morning daily encounter. And I was praying in tongues and then this thought came to me. Okay, tell me about the thought. Okay, it's kind of weird, Pastor. All right, tell me the thought. He's like, okay, I thought that we're supposed to start our own political party. Do you think I'm crazy? I said, I wasn't the one that gave you the thought. I said, you want to hear something crazy? He's like, what? I said, six months ago, a guy was praying in tongues during his quiet time in our church. He called me and said, hey, I was just praying. I feel that the Lord prompted my heart that we might be, need to start our own political party. See, if you're trying to figure out how this is supposed to happen, you live in the natural. Our job is just to say yes to what he tells you to do. How crazy was it for God to speak to Moses to go stand before a king to tell him, let your slaves go? Well, how is this going to happen? I stutter. Well, what are we supposed to do about this? What are we supposed to do? Just throw down your staff. All right, I'll make supernatural plagues. Just mess with everyone and everything. How supernaturally part sees that even the history channel can't come up with a good excuse about why it happened. I will do whatever it needs to be done. Your job is to obey. Amen. Amen. Ah, but you know what we do? Lord, I just want enough for me and I'll be happy. You wonder why a church doesn't shake cities. If it doesn't scare you, it's not the supernatural. We just got off a 40-day fast a couple weeks ago. I broke my fast in Washington, D.C. Went and stood in front of the White House and just blew my shafar. Like, Lord, don't let a sniper shoot me. <laughs> <coughs> True story. I don't know how it's going to happen. But I also don't know how we're feeding 170 or excuse me, 57 million meals. 
I also don't know how at eight months of a church plant, we bought a $30 million facility, 17 and a half acres on the freeway, one mile from downtown Fort Worth. I don't know how all this stuff happened. As all I know is when he fasts, I fast. When he tells me to go pray, I pray. I speak in tongues all the time. I, I can't tell you how all these things are happening. People ask me all the time, how is Mercy Culture growing thousands thousands of people so fast? I can't give you an answer of why. The only thing I can tell you is when he tells me to do something, I do it. No matter how crazy and silly and stupid it sounds. A pastor asked me, how'd you get a $30 million building? Well, I fasted for 40 days, walked around the building every day for 40 days, told the Lord, it'll never be mine, it'll always be yours. And if you give it to me, I'll give it back to you. And whatever you tell me to do with it for the rest of my life, I'll do it with you. And on the last day of the 40 days, I walked around it seven times, barefoot, with my lead around me, and I blew the shofar around the building, all around the building. Then I went with the pastor, told the pastor that God said he was going to give me the building, and then I washed his feet. <clears throat> that was the business plan. He was like, how stupid did you feel doing all that? Pretty stupid. <laughs> One morning, I'm walking around the building, and there's wild turkeys just, just walking around. The, true story. Homeless people, a really demon-possessed yard guy that was yelling at me to get off the property. True story. No, 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 no. All sorts of craziness. Do you know God responds to crazy faith? You know, he responds to wild faith. So many people are like, well, what if you miss God? You know how you miss God? Doing nothing. <laughs> well, I don't want to get it wrong. You know what? You've got it wrong. You've done nothing for years. You've got it wrong. You know what happens when you do nothing every time? Nothing. Faith. Faith is uncomfortable. You know how many guys walked on water that didn't get out of a boat? None. The guy that walked on water had to get out. At some point, it's got to cross your mind. This is ridiculous. This doesn't make sense. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I might be the only disciple who's the laughing stock of all the other disciples to come because I was the guy that fell in the water that Jesus had to rescue. Or you could be the other 11 guys that never got out. The supernatural is a place that you're forever uncomfortable because you don't know what you're doing. I believe the Lord is inviting you into the supernatural. If you want to grow in the supernatural, she's so cute. Speak in tongues. It's the language of the supernatural. If you don't speak in tongues, ask the Holy Spirit for it. It's amazing how many people don't speak in tongues and don't ask for it and then tell other people if God wanted them to get the gift, he would just give it to them. Really? What else in life do you use that logic with? Did you randomly get a job you didn't apply for? Did you randomly get married to someone that you didn't pursue any other random acts of things just happen in your life that you never did if you want the gift of speaking in tongues ask him for it he's a good father he loves getting it and then guess what that same faith you got saved with apply that same faith speaking in tongues is the language of the supernatural i pray in tongues every day and i need to do more 
The Apostle Paul, who was smarter than everyone in this room combined. He was a Pharisee before he got saved. He was an intellectual. He was the smartest of all of them, said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Do you know why? Because all the intellect in the world cannot give me what I need. Look at, put that scripture back up, Ephesians 3.20. It says, even more than you can ask or think. You know what's amazing about praying in the Holy Ghost? Is you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you don't know what you're saying. Which that usually stops a lot of people from praying in the Holy Ghost. Because they're like, I don't know what I'm saying. Is, am I doing this right? No, no, you're not supposed to know what you're saying. Your spirit knows what you're saying. And your spirit is drawing you into the supernatural. So then here's the thing is you'll start praying in the Holy Ghost. And as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden random thoughts come to your mind. You're like, where'd this thought come from? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and we're supposed to start a political party. How's that supposed to work? I'm praying in the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden I feel like I'm supposed to go do this, apply for this, give this away. I feel like I'm supposed to call this person. I haven't thought about this person in years, but all of a sudden they come to mind when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it awakens your spirit to watch what you don't think about. It's the language of the supernatural. Uh, I, gotta keep, I gotta keep going. This is the year of supernatural personal growth. You are going to grow, if you partner with this word, you're going to grow more spiritually than you've ever grown in your entire life. If you wanna grow more spiritually than you've ever grown in your life, pray in the Holy Ghost more than you've ever prayed. And again, if you haven't got that gift yet, ask the Lord for it every day. Here's what I heard in my spirit. This is the year that you're gonna experience freedom like you've never known. Healing from what you haven't been able to heal from. Forgiveness over the things that you said you have not been able to forgive. This is the year that you will not only forgive, but you will bless. This is the year that you will be delivered from strongholds that have had you bound for years and generational curses in your family. This is a year that you will get quick at obeying the Lord. I'm gonna put it in perspective. You wanna grow fast or slow? The goal is not to eventually obey. The goal is to immediately obey. I'll tell you a quick story. We were ministering in, in Dallas when we lived in Phoenix. And I had purchased this signet ring for my wife. We bought it from a, an a antique coin place. And it was a coin that was in circulation when Jesus walked the earth. And we, we, we put it and made it into a ring. So it's this big ring and we, we called it this signet ring and my wife wore it everywhere she went. And she would preach on Esther and the anointing of the king. And the king gave her a signet ring and that's what she would preach on. So one day we're ministering together in Miami. She's prophesying over this girl. And as she's prophesying over this girl, I hear the Holy Spirit say, she needs to give a ring to her. And the first thing that came into my mind is she's not giving that ring away. And I was like, Lord, I can't tell my wife to give her favorite thing away. I said, Lord, what do I tell her? And the Holy Spirit said, ask her if there's something she's supposed to give. So I went up and I whispered in Heather's ear. I said, is there something you're supposed to give? And instantly she started crying and she goes, no, my ring. <laughs> and she took it off her, her, her hand. The Lord had been prompting her heart, but she had been resisting it. So the Lord prompted my heart to confirm what he prompted in her heart. 
She put it on the lady's finger she was prophesying over. She, had, she started declaring, this is a signet ring. This is an Esther's ring. She had no idea that lady had a ministry called the Esther's Call. Watch. She sowed the ring as a seed. Now today, she has a signet ring line that all of the proceeds go to end human trafficking. And we have now sold thousands of these rings and girls wear them all over the country. Men wear them around their neck. And, 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 and it's this, this, this sign of authority from the king. Watch, she sowed 10 years ago. Watch, there's always something supernatural in obedience. So let me ask you this question, 3W Church. What has God told you to do that you haven't obeyed yet? Who has he told you to forgive? Who has he told you to bless? Where has he told you to go and pray? What are the things he told you to do that you have delayed obeying? This is a year of the supernatural. I'm going to close or start getting to close. Man, I'm, I'm, I got so much. I almost said I need to come back, but I don't know about here. You go. I'll send you a video. Second Corinthians. <laughs> 318, 2 Corinthians 3.18. When you study the word supernatural, there's only three times in the, in the New Living Translation and 10 times in the Amplified that the word supernatural is used. But the root word of the word supernatural is the word doxa, which means glory. Means glory. The reason why supernatural means glory is because no man is made for glory. No man can take glory and no man can design glory. The glory of God is from him. Only he can handle it. Only he can make it. It's God. Show you the scripture. Second Corinthians 318. It says this, and we all with unveiled faces, Behold the glory of the Lord after being transformed into his same image from one degree of glory to another. The King James says it like this, that we go from glory to glory. What does it mean to go from glory to glory? It means this, that every time we go into the presence of God, on a daily basis, we reflect the glory of God. And when we reflect the glory of God, we begin to mirror the image of God. This is so important because Pastor David just said during worship that you don't know who you are. It's important to know who you are. See, when you're in the presence of God, you begin to reflect your father. This happened with Moses where Moses went on the mountain and he came down shining. And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa something is wrong with your face. So you, you, you're, you're bright. We can't even look at you because he spent 40 days in the glory of God. This is what, why Adam and Eve didn't need clothes. They never realized they were naked before they sinned because they were surrounded by the glory of God. It surrounded them. It's literally something that you can wear. 
It's the tangible presence of God. And watch, the more we are in his presence, the more we reflect him. That's why it's not enough to come into the presence of God one time a week, which most Christians don't do. They said the average Christian goes to church once every six weeks, and I don't know what the new COVID statistics are. It has to be more than once a week. Listen, it has to be every day. Scripture calls it the daily bread. I had a friend tell me one time his wife was going through something really challenging. He said she has good days, days and bad days. I said, well, tell me about the good days. He's like, man, we just spend time in the presence of God. And, and, you know, she really has victory that day. And I was like, well, tell me the bad days. He's like, well, we get busy or just, you know, go on with life. And she has, you know, really, really rough days. I was like, then why aren't you doing that every day? It's not a joke. Why aren't you in his presence every day? Why don't you commune with him every day? Do you know that we have the ability to be with the disciples the same way? That, or excuse me, we have the ability to be with the Holy Spirit the same way the disciples were with Jesus? He said, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to give you a comforter, a helper. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I have to go because he's going to be with you even closer. That Jesus was all God and all man and only in one place at a time unless he transfigured. But the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at once and that we're allowed to be with him every day. And the same way we entered the tangible presence of God here on Sunday morning, we could do this every day in our homes. Listen, every time you're in the presence of God, you begin to reflect his presence. I'm going to close with this. Genesis chapter 30. It's the story of Jacob. If you're unfamiliar with Jacob, Jacob was the deceiver who became the deceived. Jacob served his father-in-law Laban. Remember, he stole the birthright from his brother. And then he goes and works for his father-in-law for 20 years. 14 years were serving for his wives and six years were for his cattle. He went and worked for his one wife for seven years, thought he was getting Rachel, and woke up the next morning after the honeymoon and realized his father-in-law gave him Leah. So he worked another seven years for the woman that he loved. So he was in the process of becoming Israel, but he hadn't yet wrestled with the angel yet. He hadn't yet wrestled with God yet, Jesus yet. So he was going through this process to soon encounter God, but he was going through the battle of his father-in-law. Look at verse 37. This is important. His father-in-law was tricking him. I'm going to set the scene. He worked for his father-in-law for 20 years. His father-in-law manipulated him, tricked him into seven years for the wrong wife. So he's been with them for 20 years. Now the last six years he was working, the agreement was that he would get an inheritance of cattle because he did this. So now it's 20 years in and it's time for him to go and encounter God. So he goes to his father-in-law and says, I've been good to you. You've been blessed because of me. I've served you faithfully. Here's what I ask for. Give me all of the speckled and spotted sheeps, anything with white markings on them, anything spotted and speckled, just give me those. And here's why. If you ever have all black or all white, all solid colors in my flocks, you know I stole them from you. So the father-in-law, being a good guy that he was, said, deal. 
The moment he shook his hand, he went and had his son steal all of the speckled and spotted sheep that would give birth to speckled and spotted sheep and take them a three days journey so there was no speckled and spotted sheep. So when he came to go to the herds, they're like, oh, there's nothing to give you. You get nothing. He was manipulated again and his inheritance was stolen. But how many know you can't steal from God? News flash to Christians, a pandemic doesn't stop you walking in supernatural favor. So here's what he did. He took sticks and he shaved them so the inside of the white bark would be exposed and it'd be surrounded by dark bark. Scripture says he took it and he put it in front of the watering troughs. Watch this. And when the sheep would go and the goats would go and mate, they would mate in front of the watering trough. Why is that symbolic? The sheep, God speaks to us as his sheep. John 10, 27 says, my sheep know me, they know my voice. So watch, the sheep were intimate where the water was. Your ability to be intimate with God can only happen through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the water of the word. It is the rain of the word. Whenever we're looking at the water in the word of God, it's speaking to the Godhead of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you want to supernaturally grow this year, it will happen by your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Your ability to be intimate with the Holy Spirit will determine your ability to supernaturally grow. Which is crazy because so many people don't know who the Holy Spirit is. They know God. They know Jesus. But they don't know the Spirit of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your ability to be intimate with God. And here's what happened. Watch this. This is so powerful. Can my friend who plays the piano come and join me? He took the sheep and he made these spotted and speckled branches and he put it in front of the sheep. Look at this. And they gave birth to spotted and speckled sheep when they weren't spotted and speckled. Watch this. But because they saw spotted and speckled branches. Watch, while they were intimate, they gave birth to spotted and speckled sheep. What is God's word saying? You will give birth to what you're spiritually intimate with. Hear this 3W church. If you are intimate with the spirit of fear, you will give birth to fear. If you are intimate with perversion, you will give birth to perversion. Church, if the only thing you watch is filth on Netflix and Hulu, you will give birth to perversion. If the only thing that you watch is fear in a death rate on a news network, you will give birth to fear and death. It's amazing everything that comes out in social media 
is cancel this, cancel that, fear this, death this, wickedness this, wickedness that. And what is our nation giving birth to? But what if the people of God were supernaturally intimate with the Holy Spirit? What if this is what you are intimate with? What if God's word every single day is what you were fixing your eyes on? What if it was Jesus that you fixed your eyes on, the author and the finisher of your faith? What if you were intimate with the Holy Spirit every single day? And when he told you to go to the left, you went to the left. When he told you to go to the right, you go to the right. When he told you to give this, say that, do this. What if you were intimate with the word of God, with the spirit of God? What if you were intimate with God? You know what would happen? You would supernaturally grow at a level that you never thought you could. When you begin to obey God and do what he says, when you begin to pray and fast, and give and serve and live a life of faith something happens inside you that is not natural it is supernatural and it only happens when your eyes are fixed on him every head bowed and every eye closed let me ask you this question what are your eyes fixed on What are you focused on? Are you focused on a spirit of fear? Are you focused on the Holy Spirit? You cannot fix your eyes on two things. You could either fix your eyes on the natural or you can fix your eyes on the supernatural. Right where you're at right now. If you say, Landon, I want to enter the supernatural. I don't want to live in the natural. I want to be a person of faith that lives in a supernatural realm. If that's you, stand to your feet and lift your hands as high as they go. If you pray in the Holy Ghost, start praying in the Holy Ghost. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, then just ask the Lord to give you the gift. And then just tell him how much you love him. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Tell him he's holy. Father, you're holy. You're holy. You're holy. I would encourage you, 3W Church, don't be embarrassed about your spiritual language. Use it right now. This is not out of order. Nobody's prophesying in tongues. This is you using a supernatural language. This is you using a prayer language. Right now, just use it all over this place. Come on, a little louder. If you don't have the gift, just say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord. I love you with everything in me. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy. There's no one like you. Say his name, Yahweh, 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 Yahweh. We love you. We love you. We love you, God. We love you, God. Come on, a little louder. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, a little louder. Come on, if you're watching at home online, pray in the Holy Ghost in your house. Ask him, Father, I pray right now, even today, you would fill people with your spirit. I pray right now there would be a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. I pray the glory of God would come and penetrate
country. I pray right now, Father, that we'd be intimate with you and your spirit. I declare right now, spirit of fear, you have to go. I pray, get off your people now in Jesus' name. I pray that we would be people of faith. I declare that tormenting fear that people have been living under. I bind you in Jesus' name. I declare that you must leave. Holy Spirit, come inhabit the praises of your people. I declare that we will be people of faith. We will be people that will not be moved by fear. Holy Spirit, come rule and reign. We declare, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We say, have your way, Holy Spirit. We want what you want, so show us what you want. However you do this right now, I want you to focus on God. So if you focus on the Father, focus on the Father. If you focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus. If you focus on the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, focus on Him. But I want to proclaim a benediction over you. I declare Ephesians 3.20 over you, 3W. you can ever ask or think I declare he will do over you exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ever ask or think I declare that we sever ties with the natural and we partner in faith with the supernatural so Holy Spirit I pray for God ideas I pray for God thoughts. I pray for visions and dreams that are so big they scare us. I pray that we would supernaturally grow past a level that we never thought we could. I feel strong in my spirit that there's somebody right now that you need to supernaturally forgive. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's an old spouse. Maybe it's an old relationship. Maybe it's a past abusive pastor or religious person. But whoever it is, if you've ever said, I cannot forgive them, that's the moment to drop to your knees right now and under the power of the Holy Spirit, supernaturally forgive. I pray supernatural healing comes to this house. I pray supernatural healing comes through this house. I pray for supernatural worship. Signs and wonders and miracles happen even in worship. I pray people will get baptized in the Holy Ghost even in worship. I pray in worship people would be healed, that nobody even has to lay hands on them. Just the glory of God heals his sons and daughters. I declare that this would be a house that people would restore their identity. I declare this is a house of love, of grace and truth. The people that are bound by demonic oppression from perversion would come in and get healed, delivered, and set free and have a new identity in Christ. I pray fear come off the people of God. I pray fear come off their bodies. I declare fear come off their marriages. Fear come off their children. Fear come off their finances. I feel in my spirit that individuals are going to start new companies in this house. Supernatural companies. Here's what I feel in my spirit. Don't clap. Let me prophesy. I feel in my spirit that they are international. They're international. International businesses. 
are going to come from this house. International businesses are coming to this house. Here's what I feel, is the Lord is going to show you kingdom assignments that are on that business for kingdom purposes. I pray fear come off. This house will not survive. I pray this house will thrive. I pray a supernatural faith. Here's what I feel in my spirit. I feel like you're supposed to tell the Lord right now. Tell him it's okay. Give me faith. Give me vision that will scare me. Not that you're afraid of. That will scare you how big it is. I'm not prophesying in tongues. I'm going to use my prayer language. Pastor David, come join me. I feel like that you're supposed to start declaring acts of faith of what this church will do, what this church will do in this city. I feel like you're supposed to declare crazy things, things that defy natural logic, things that are beyond your ability that you don't have the resources for. But I just pray right now, let this moment of faith please the Lord. I pray what comes out of David Perez right now, I pray it will please you, Lord. I pray right now, let an apostolic gift begin to flex. I pray let the prophetic anointing come upon him. I pray let the gift of faith be fanned into flame right now. Just like Paul, you said to Timothy, let the flame be fanned. Let the gifts be fanned into flame. I pray right now let the gift of faith come upon this house. This year 3W will open Esther's closet. This year, 3W will have that place where the people can come to get the clothes that they need, the food for their pantries. I declare that we will be open, able to open that home for individuals dealing with AIDS. And not just for them to be there, but to receive their healing in the name of Jesus. Those dreams that you've put in my wife and in me 10 years ago will come to pass in the name of Jesus. I declare, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the healings will, will signs and wonders, Father, in every service, in every prayer service, in every small group across the city, where they will be on fire, where people will not miss because they don't want to miss a moment with your presence. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus encounters across every part of this city, where people from this church will pray over the sick and they will recover, will lay hands on those that are diseased and they will receive their healing. We'll be able to provide and open the doors for it's not them but you in them. I declare in the name of Jesus, sons out of this ministry that will go out and impart and open other campuses. I declare in the name of Jesus, members of this ministry that will go out and put the worship across this entire city, state, and nation. Father, I declare that the 
voice in this house will flood like a trumpet, Father, will go out like a trumpet, calling those that hear it back to repentance, calling those that hear it to a reawakening, calling those that hear it to a return to your presence, a falling in love with you all over again. An abundance and not scarcity. Fear go, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, even I speak it over my life that I will never stomp on the ground three times, that I will continue to stomp on it until we will see the victory. as you remind me that scripture right now and I will not pound only three times or four times but I declare in the name of Jesus your anointing, your power the gifts, the signs, the wonders spirit of discernment, spirit of prophecy, words of knowledge healings, miracles, faith coming out through this house through every person in this ministry as an extension of what you're doing in the city of Miami and abroad Father, I declare it and I receive that international word over this house in the name of Jesus. Those connected to this ministry, even internationally right now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of doubt bound and broken in the name of Jesus. I speak a school. A school of the supernatural where the children are taught, not just academics, but taught how to declare and work in the supernatural. Father, where the first thing they do is taught how to commune with the Holy Spirit and are taught how to walk in your authority. Lord, I don't speak building, I speak buildings in Jesus' name in Jesus name I declare there will not be silent people within this congregation in their spiritual but father they will speak in boldness I declare us getting out of the boat and walking on water speaking to the rock laying down our staff releasing in Jesus name speaking to me some personal things right now that I need to do this year and he's speaking to some of you right now write it down and obey it write it down and obey it 
Father, we thank you for this visitation. And we commit to have another encounter with you today, tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day, daily encounters, personal encounters, personal encounters. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to give you three quick announcements and we're going to dismiss. Next week we're starting a new series. It's called Refresh. You don't want to miss it. Invite somebody. Be here. God has a word for you.